Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. You know, Julie, we live in a time where socially you're not supposed to admit the fact that you judge people on first impressions. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to. Yeah, you're not supposed to, but everyone does it. And you know, the thing is, is that we all do it. It's not a socialized thing. It's a lizard brain. We're born with that thing because we need to make quick snapshots of, you know, are that is that person friendly? Are they going to hurt me? Are they going to help me? Sure, friend or foe, right? Right. And even back in the, you know, the olden times, uh, you know, it would be, does that person maybe have a disease? Is that someone I need to avoid for other reasons, mm-hmm. right? Is that person part of my literal tribe back when, you know, we had tribes, things like that. So yeah, this is a podcast that's going to teach you guys and take you through all the steps of how to nail your first impressions. Because if you want to have an unfair advantage in life, let alone real estate, first of all, accept the fact that people are going to judge you based off first impressions. That's always going to be the way, even if they claim they are or not, they are. And once you accept that, let's make the most of those first impressions because then that gives you an unfair advantage. That's right. And you've all heard the famous and true saying, you never get a second chance at a first impression. And I actually looked some of this stuff up in preparation for today's show. And it is true. Many studies have actually shown the average person forms a lasting impression about another person after between two seconds and two minutes. That's all you've got to do it. So think about the last person that you met. What was your first impression of them and why? What do you remember about that encounter? Was it positive? Was it negative? Or was it neutral? Do you recall what they do for a living, their full name, if they have kids, where they live? If not, perhaps they failed to make a great first impression. So there's and two what w- would they say about you? But Exactly. So there's two ways of taking what Julie just said. One way is, like, what are the impressions people getting of you? And is that really the way you want them to perceive you? Number two... Are when you're uh, getting that you know two second snapshot of the person that you're uh, you know considering interacting with, maybe doing business with, maybe befriending, it, you got to ask yourself: Are you maybe drawing conclusions about what th- what they're all about? Because mm-hmm. I've discovered in life, and I'm sure you guys are learning this as well, it's almost impossible nowadays because people really dress like a lot of times not very nice, even on, even in casual. business. Yeah, overly casual, really. Right, I would agree. And, and, and so it's easy to draw conclusions about people really just based on the fact that they haven't put a lot of thought into how they look and they're not th- thinking about their first impressions, which goes back to the original point I made, that if you want to have an unfair advantage at this time in history, <laughs> all you've got to do is really uh, remember and, and be okay with the fact that you uh, can make yourself look a little bit nicer, smell a little bit nicer. Are you saying make an effort? Yeah, exactly. Make <laughs> yeah. make an effort that's beyond the other people in your environment. And so that's where we're hoping you guys allow your brains to go when we're going through these points, because it makes oftentimes a, the tiniest little, uh, tiniest little nuance differences can make a lasting impression on the people you're meeting. Well, that's right. And you reminded me of something in Harris Rules, our best-selling book that you guys can find on Amazon. Uh, you know, here's the thing. We had a lot of fun. There's a whole chapter devoted to upgrading everything. And we really drill down talking about, you know, your haircut, your glasses, what you wear, what you drive. But we made it a fun thing because it is something to do to upgrade everything and it can make you stand out. We're talking about first impressions here and lasting impressions. And other studies have shown that most real estate agents, uh, I'm sorry, that most uh, 
people, (laughs) sorry, real estate clients, real estate clients use the first agent they meet. That could be at an open house. It could be a call uh, that you get. So I'm sure that you'll agree that this is something to work on and really curate. This is actually something about real estate that you can control. Your job now is to take a look at what your first impressions are, both online and IRL in real life. Howard Brenton used to call these moments of truth or split-second judgments that the public makes about you. Are you friendly, trustworthy, professional, and knowledgeable, or are you just somebody they casually meet and forget the next second? So make a list of all of your potential points of contact or first impressions with the public. And we're going to do online and offline, then we'll give you some questions to ask about each. Okay, I want to clarify this because actually that's not completely factual. People will work uh, like, so if you're a new in real estate and you want to uh, make, uh, obviously get a lot of traction quick, the number one thing you need to do is remember that this is a people helping business. So get in front of as many people as you can. And when you're in front of those people, especially if you're new, you're going to need to dress like the person you plan on becoming, right? Those, that's what Julie's saying. So if you're first, if when someone meets you for the first time in an open house and you look like, you know, like you're not a professional. You look like you, you know, you're part of the staff, you're working there mowing the lawn. They're not going to want to work with you. So don't just assume that because you're the first person that they meet, they're going to work with you. It's the first person that they meet that has that little extra genesis qual that makes the difference. That's really how you have that unfair advantage. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Okay. And that does work both online and offline. Certainly in person is really critical. So let's start what do you want to do first, online or offline? Online's fine. Okay, so those of you who take notes, and you can also scroll down and get the notes, this is your list. There's more to this, but this is a short list. Online, that includes things like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, your own website, your online real estate profiles on Zillow, Realtor.com, your broker's site, your digital newsletter, and marketing campaigns, and any other apps that you use. So make sure that you look at your credit card statement and capture any profiles you signed up for and maybe forgot about as well. So let me drill down on that. Um, do a search on Google and find out where your name, and let's just you know use name and your business. Let's use those interchangeably, mm-hmm. right? So where your name business comes up and then the consistency is what matters. So if you find that you have outdated profiles to Julie's point, and you don't necessarily have to use a credit card statement, Julie, just because most... Well, that's pro- true. Google yourself. Most profiles don't cost anything. Just Google yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And then just make sure everything's consistent. So what you're going to want to do is oftentimes the profiles, like if you're just setting up an account on, you know, pick the app, you, um, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Make sure you're giving the, putting in the same information every single time. So your same picture, your same phone numbers, use your cell phone. Uh, make sure you're giving a very uh, specific and not long-winded description of your service area, what you focus on, those types of things. Because what's going to happen is like, and some of you are, well, most of you are frankly old enough to remember, people used to search for businesses in the yellow pages. So what, what happened is people would go to the yellow pages that, and then based on you know how your business was in the yellow pages, whether you're uh, what started at the beginning, like say you were looking for roofers and you know, AAA roofing company would come up first. And a lot of people would just use the first listing that came up because they would assume that that was, uh, you know, AAA must be in there. The first ones in the yellow pages, that was almost sort of like a subconscious validation of the service, right? Oh, the, and then people would take out ads and people, you know, with just things like that. But the yellow pages, nobody uses it anymore, but they all use the virtual yellow page, uh, yellow pages. And these are all your social profiles. So make sure you absolutely positively are keeping the consistency. That's what matters. And a way to check yourself on that, like I said, is just go to Google and just drop in your name. Now, we do that sometimes with coaching clients. And what we'll find, and it is, I mean, 
it is kind of funny if you want to know the truth, <laughs> but we'll find all kinds of things that people won't even realize are working against them. Like we found people and we're not judging. We're just, you know, telling you some of the highlight reels from having done this in the past. Um, you know, you'll have people that basically were, you know, self-proclaimed witches, like, <laughs> Yes, the my bl- favorite. Well, we'll get into these when we get into the questions. Okay, but because I have lots of examples. But the point of the point of it is, is the place to start is do a quick search, and then the places you should have profiles are going to be Facebook. Now, just have a Facebook uh, business page, by the way. You can have a personal one too, but Facebook business page, Instagram, LinkedIn. I mean, what was Twitter is now X, right? WhatsApp, your website if you have one. You don't really need one, but you know whatever website your broker provides uh, for you. If you have a profile on Zillow and Realtor.com, just those. All the normal places, but you can even go deeper than that. Like, uh, Julie, what's that little, um, uh, what's the site where there's like a crafty site? I always forget. Oh, Etsy. Etsy is another place you want to have a profile. All those things that you have, like if you have, um, you know, if, if you have an interest in anything that's on the personal side, it's not even business related. Again, that's going to matter because they're going to find that information when they do a search on your name. So if you're posting on some sort of like, you know, a pet enthusiast site or something. Like clubs and membership sites. Stuff exactly. Like that. And, and if they're uh, Facebook uh, members pages, your profile, all the places where someone can find your name needs to be mm-hmm. consistent. And I'll also caution you against ever bitching online. Do not ever say anything yeah. bad online about anything ever because that will follow you forever. And for sure, people will disqualify you just for the fact that you complained about some restaurant. It- yes. And, you know, there's so many realtor sites where they complain to each other, especially on Facebook. I see this a lot. And a lot of that is public facing, right? Yep. So, I mean, the last thing you want to do is be seen complaining about each other or your clients or anything like that. Because you, you have to think how people think, right? How you think, listener. You're looking for reasons to disqualify somebody before you're really looking yep. for reasons to qualify them. You're looking, you're, and this is, again, this goes back to survival lizard brain type things. You're always looking for things like, remember, we were talking about first impressions. That is designed so that you will look at somebody instantly and know whether or not they're friend or foe. Well, now, basically, because of online social media and all the rest of it, the same mechanisms are triggering in your brain, and you're looking for any reasons not to want to do, per- uh, is that person going to help me or hurt me, right? So if you are putting anything negative online anywhere, you need to go and delete it and remove it or request that it's removed because that is going to follow you around and you won't get the business you'd otherwise get because of the fact that you complained about some local whatever it was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. That even includes realtors referring business to other realtors. You know, they're going to search you out too and find all that stuff. I'm going to, this is an important topic, so don't bounce yet. Okay. So here's another suggestion. Yelp will work against you. Well, Yelp is not a place where you guys should be investing a lot of your time and effort because what will often happen is you will have a, you'll discover that sometimes an adversarial client or, uh, I mean, I've seen certainly with other agents, they will start posting Yelp reviews and Yelp reviews are impossible to have removed. Now I'm going to give you guys some advanced coaching, but this is only relevant to those of you with EXP Realty and who have other virtual platform uh, real estate brokerages. If the, so, Yelp is designed in their in their terms of service is specifically designed for local businesses. So, if you have an online business, if your business is like if you're an EXP Realty agent, there is no physical address, there is no office, and technically, you um, Yelp cannot have your profile on their website. And you should remove if there. I mean, I, I assure you guys, Yelp is designed to attract trash. It is designed to basically be a collection of negative information because lots of studies have been done that people love to um, 
to look for negative information for the reasons we just discussed. Mm -hmm. And Yelp knows it, so Yelp will give priority to the negative posts because it gets more uh, traffic to their website. And they're anonymous. Right, right? and they're anonymous, and you can't remove them. So somebody goes to your Yelp site, and they post some horrible garbage. And I had a coaching client. This happened, and it was a freaking – actually, it wasn't a competitor – he had remodeled a – it was a guy in California. I don't remember his name. Mm-hmm. He did this beautiful, like, 1950s house, did a fantastic job remodeling it. The neighbor was a crackpot. So the neighbor, and using an anonymous, like, completely fake, made-up yeah, yes. name, goes on to Yelp and makes all these uh, – Stacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy named Stacy was the agent's name. And he, th- th- this neighbor posts all this crap about him that's not even true. I mean, just the worst, most insidious, nastiest crap. This neighbor went out of their way to think of whatever would be the least, uh, the most disgusting things to say, uh, to say about a human being, and that's what he put on this guy's Yelp page. Well, um, the uh, Stacy figured out who it, uh, who did it. Um, the person was sort of braggadocious about it and knew that they were hurting Stacy's a real estate brokerage. He then. Um, he, you can't like, um, but he couldn't validate, prove that the person actually did it. So what he had to do, and this is the reason I'm not, you guys should disassociate with Yelp, is he had to sue Yelp to get information as to verifying who the person was that made the post. And then Yelp said, this is an anonymous site. If you want to find, you know, you know, we're protected under first amendment, whatever, whatever. So then what he had to do, and Yelp will tell you this, is you then have to sue the, so what Yelp will say is, the person was using this particular company for their internet access. So you now need to sue the internet company who's providing this person, and then they'll give the IP address and they'll tell you who it is. That's how he had to find out. He had to spend thousands and thousands of dollars Ridiculous. just to basically, and then a nasty letter to the neighbor and with proof that it was the neighbor that actually did it. Then the neighbor went in and had that information removed. So my suggestion to you is avoid that landmine at all costs. And again, if you're with EXP Realty, or any virtual company, Yelp, based on their own terms of service, can't actually have you on their site. Now, I'm going to tell you guys how I learned all this, uh, because this is actually funny. So there were a ton of negative reviews on Zillow, on Yelp, and they're the worst reviews. Oh, and all the home flipping companies that are all out of business now. Like they had the worst home, uh, you know, the uh, open doors and all these other Mm -hmm. companies. And so what it turned out, and all of them just disappeared all overnight. Like, what the hell happened? Well, here's what happened. I hope you guys are listening. It turns out that the founders or the investors of some of these home flipping companies, the op- I don't remember if it's Open Door. That's just the name that pops to mind. They may, may I'm you know maybe shouldn't use that name, but a couple of these home flipping companies that had mountains of negative reviews on Yelp. Their board members were also the board members of Yelp. So they actually were able to have those. I think I read this story originally on uh, Inman, actually. Mm -hmm. So they were actually able to have all their negative reviews removed for the reasons I had previously stated with regard to the terms of service. I mean, all this stuff should do nothing other than uh, instill in you a legitimate concern about participating in any kind of review sites because the review sites make money. They get traffic from negative reviews. They're always going to motivate and incentivize negative mm-hmm. reviews. And then they're going to try to charge you some sort of extortion fee to basically get them removed. So don't do it. And you should tell all your small business owners the same thing. All right, I'm off my sandbox or my soapbox, but it's important. <laughs> no, it that is. They it's know very that. interesting. And I don't think many people know that. They don't think like that. No. And there's been many, many cases like that. That's not, those are just the ones that you know about in and, your own head. And honestly, the Better Business Bureau, they're the originator of that little, that little system. Call I was going to say will. that. Yep. And the Better Business Bureau was, uh, 
many, many, you guys should Google Better Business Bureau, 60 Minutes and all these other things. All these little, you know, safe places where people think they can go and post reviews and read reviews. There, are, If you do some homework on them, a lot of them have been compromised and their profit motive has always been get negative reviews on, you know, Bob's Pizzeria, even if they're not real. No, that's and, the goal. And then charge Bob to remove the negative reviews. It's, uh, some people might call it a shakedown. Well, it is their model. It is. It is literally their model. It's not by mistake. So avoid it, guys. When you have testimonials, you should have some fantastic testimonials. That's different than what we're talking about. You can put those in your pre-listing package, on your own website, on your Facebook business page. That's all good. What we're saying is avoid the companies that soak you to get rid of your negative reviews. And it only really takes one to pretty much wreck your, uh, your profile. Okay, so we were talking about making a list of your online assets like Facebook and Instagram, and the list goes on, but also make a list of your offline assets, your voicemail message. These are your first impressions, your moments of truth. How does your voicemail sound, your sign, your home brochures, your car, your handshake, your directional signs, and how you dress? Again, for an even more extensive drill down on this, get the Harris Rules book because we have a whole chapter on all of this. And we also talk about this a lot in, obviously, Premier Coaching. By the way, if you guys want the notes for today's show and any of the shows, we always publish those because a lot of you guys use these for your social media, but you also use them for coaching and training, frankly, your own staff, you know, your teams and whatnot. So the information is down there. Uh, just scroll down if you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever. And, of course, our main website, Tim and Julie Harris. And while you're there reading the notes and downloading them, why don't you also join Premier Coaching? It is, well, we're told it is, the number one selling real estate coaching program in the nation. We've had well over 2,000 people join in the last 12 months, you know, agents from mostly the United States, but there's a reason why. They want to be part of a community of like-minded professionals that are making the most of this market because of this market. If that's you, scroll down and click the link to join Premier Coaching. It takes 17 seconds to join. And yes, 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 that does include a daily semi-private coaching call with a Harris Certified Coach. And if you're uh, not able to scroll down and click the link, you can just go to premiercoaching.com, premiercoaching.com. All right, so next, ask yourself these questions and polish up your you know, first impressions as necessary. Okay, so now you've got your list. Now you're going to apply these questions. Number one, what are you actually trying to accomplish with each of these profiles? They serve different purposes. Are you trying to attract buyers, sellers, realtor connections? Next is number two. What does your profile look like you're looking for? We had our examples, right? Are you a fisherman or are you a realtor? Are you an investor or are you a broker? Are you both? Do you have any specialties? Are your previous employment profiles more prevalent than your real estate profiles? Sometimes that happens. And we have, like you said, the, um, I, I, the one I remember is the alien abduction when, oh, yeah. when it looked like uh, this agent I was researching um, had like 10 or 15 different you know, stories of alien abduction and only one asset online that made it look like she sold real estate. So which one was more prevalent and would you actually hire that person to sell your home? We talk a lot about this in coaching and of course the book. You're talking, it's a good place to interject this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the easiest things that you can do, again, Julie and I have touched on this like 10 times in this podcast, is dress nicer than everybody else. Yes, as That's, a rule every day. As a rule every day. Now, not like you're wearing a tuxedo when everyone's wearing flip-flops. No, you want to dress essentially one degree you know, higher than your normal uh, attire or how everyone in, the, in your environment is dressing. Because what happens is you won't stand out. People won't say, well, it looks like Julie's putting on a big performance today. Look at her. Looks like she's going to the Grammys. Not, not suggesting <laughs> no. that. I'm suggesting that you make yourself put together every single day, man or woman, 
and make it so that you look like a professional. Subconsciously, what's going to happen is people aren't going to say, again, they're not necessarily going to recognize the fact that you look a little bit nicer than the people around you and, and people around them, but something's going to trigger in their brain in a positive uh, way because of the fact that you do just look that much nicer. And a lot of, and mostly men, I have to say, will fight tooth and nail and say things like, uh, and usually, frankly, it's not very successful men that'll say this, I, am, well, I wear flip-flops because all the people in my market wear flip-flops. I want to dress and look like the people in my market. That's true, but you want to dress like the, you know, essentially like they look in your market, but nicer. Yes, <laughs> right? as a general rule of right. thumb. So, so if, you, if, you insi- if you're in Hawaii and everyone wears flip-flops, you don't want to be walking around tennis shoes. Otherwise, you look like a tourist. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but make sure all the rest of your uh, situation looks really, really nice so that they will look at you and say, well, that person is a real standout. Guys, that is one of the easiest cheat codes you can actually apply to all aspects of your life. And it makes an enormous difference, especially if you're seeing, you know, as most of us do, we live in this, you know, same, our own little bubbles and we're constantly seeing the same people and they're constantly seeing us. The accumulation effect of always looking a little bit nicer than the environment really does make a huge difference because you're looking like a professional. That's right. Remember, people make their first impressions in between two seconds and two minutes. So that's something that you can work on and and to great effect. So let's see, what does your profile look like you're looking for? And number three, do you monitor your different assets or did you set it and forget it? Is the information somebody sees when they Google you still accurate across all of your profiles? Or are you still using a headshot from 2003? Now, what should be, so again, calls to action. So you should have some kind of call to action in your profiles. You need to give people permission to contact you directly. I, I know this is going to go against the grain, but I'm going to, you know, I'll tell you what we suggest and what all of our top clients do. Use your cell phone. Give people permission to actually communicate directly with you to your cell phone, which means, guess what? You're going to have to answer your phone. You could, as I often do, will um, request that people text you, but do not put a bunch of filters and, and steps in place for someone to get in communication with you. So on all these social profiles and all these different websites that you're going to discover, some of them you need to update, others you need to set up in the first place. And each of these profiles takes like, what, three minutes to update, especially if you're just cutting and pasting and putting the same information in. You, again, be very clear how they can communicate with you. Don't send them to a website. Don't send them to a landing page. QR Don't codes. S- Don't send them to a funnel. Give them your cell phone number and encourage them to reach out directly to you. And what's going to happen is the most motivated people will reach out directly to you. Look, when when Julie and I do a CTA called action for, say, for example, EXP Realty on our podcast, I give people two choices, right? They can text the letters EXP to 47372 or they can text me directly if they're ready to join EXP. So what happens is... For every like 20 people that will text EXP to 47372, two or three will text me directly. But guess what? Those two or three people are ready to join. Mm-hmm. You guys get the difference? So give people two pathways. But the ma- most important thing to remember is give your cell phone. In a world where everybody else is trying to send people through filters so they don't have direct communication so they can, you know, through my filtering and my weeding out process, I'm going to have the cream rise to the top, all these fallacies. The the challenge with that is consumers hate that. You hate that. You don't want to be funneled. I don't want to be funneled. But I want to, when I have a question, I want to talk directly to a person. Ideally, somebody knows how they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's the reason you want to really lean into using your phone number. And look how few people are doing that. Look how many people are wanting to avoid direct uh, communication with that person. You guys get the difference? Huge difference. I mean, think about it. Don't you really remember when somebody does that to you? They reach out to you. They call you. They don't just text you. They don't just 
you know, shoot you 20 emails. So uh, I think you covered, that that was was number five. Right. That was point five. So point number five is basically use your cell phone number as the CTA. Point number six. Point number six, are you weird about being a sales professional? Do you talk about real estate all the time using up-to-date market information? Where are you posting and commenting that the public will see you and what will they think when they read what you wrote? So that gets down to acting the part, right? And we, we uh, skip number four, just to rewind. Make sure you also don't have any unfinished profiles like shadow pictures or blank descriptions that look like you didn't follow through or maybe aren't even in the business anymore. You'll find that when you Google yourself. It, some, that actually uh, triggers a thought. So mm-hmm. if, you, if some of these uh, places where you can set up profiles will allow you to set up a video. So you can, if you wanted to, you could just grab your, most of you have iPhones, grab your iPhone, and then obviously turn it around, set your camera on your iPhone to 4K, uh, high res, or, um, you know, you guys get the point. And then do a little video where you're essentially introducing yourself to the world. And that's going to be something that's even more compelling. So really the big takeaway for all of this is you got to remember, sometimes you're not experiencing the success that you think you should, and frankly, you should be experiencing, because there's little landmines that you've planted on the path to doing business with you that you don't even realize are there. It's how you're presented online, how you're presented online for most people. Like when you meet somebody in real IRL, right? Mm-hmm. When you meet somebody in real life, how frequently do you Google that person, especially if you're interested in maybe befriending them or doing business with them? I know the answer. You Google them all the time. All the time. Right? You want to know everything about everybody. So people are thinking that way about you as well. You're tripping across people every single day. They're all doing searching on you. Do a search on yourself and you know, decide if that's how you want the world to be seeing you, to be perceiving you. And do remember that oftentimes if you find one little negative anything out there, you need to work to get it removed because it is going to be the thing that most people latch onto and use as their excuse not to do business with you, even if you had an otherwise great presence online and maybe you made a great first impression when you met with them. Please remember we told you that. That's right. And you know, a lot of you guys talk all the time about how real estate seems so out of control. Well, this is something that you can get into control both online and off and try and have some fun with it. You know, actually create your profile. Maybe you're somebody that's trying to raise your average sale price and break into luxury. Well, do you look like a luxury agent? You know, this actually, I'm going to, I'm spinning off in a different direction, but it's valid, I think. All right. So a lot of you are involved in politics or social causes and all the rest of it. And I get it. And I remember how I had a really great conversation with this gal in San Francisco. She mm-hmm. was really smart. Mm-hmm. And I was telling, I was, you know, what we normally say, be a Republican, right? Be a little bit a Democrat, a little bit Republican. Don't be overly partisan one side or the other. I said, because what's going to happen is you're going to run people off. And she listened to what I said. She appreciated it. But then she made this point. She said, and I know this is true. So she was right. Okay. She said, Tim, in my market, mm-hmm. there are no such things as Republicans. <laughs> we ran them off a long time ago. Yeah. And so every single person that she ever comes in contact with, is they're all going to be liberal. And that's what she said to me. And I got to thinking about that, and she's right. So if she's not being really obviously partisan in her particular market, uh, she's probably going to lose opportunities to do business with people. In that case. And in that that's case. not universally true, but where she lives, it is probably universally true. Now, <laughs> if you're in a market like where Julie and I sold real estate, and there's a lot of relocation, and let's say our market is more conservative, right? And it's more like right-leaning or just whatever it is. And we are, you know, sending this message out to the world through all of our, the stuff you find about us online that we're more conservative-minded. Now, I've got somebody that's relocating from San Francisco. 
Are they going to want to do business with me because they they don't feel like we're going to be in alignment with regards to their politics or their worldviews or their philosophies of life? You guys get the point? So where you uh, sell real estate, if you're dealing with a, a more complex market like what we did, where there's a fair amount of relocation mm-hmm. and the people moving in not aren't necessarily going to be have the same belief structures you do, you're going to need to be more of a Republicrat, right, where you're a little bit of both. Otherwise, you know, you got to bloom when you're pl- where, where you're planted. If you are in San Francisco or if you are in Chicago, you know, we, Julie and I were, <laughs> I never, this is such an amazing experience because it really made the point as well, not just the gal in San Francisco. You and I were sitting having coffee once and there was this, uh, there, and it was in our community and there's these tourists mm-hmm. and they were from Chicago. Mm-hmm. We didn't know at the time. Yep. And, but we did quickly discover she had a real estate license yeah. and sold real estate. Well, of course. And then without <laughs> blinking, she just started basically spewing whatever the talking points were from her belief structure and didn't even stop to question as to whether or not we thought the same way. She's no, very assumptive. It wasn't it Chicago. Was it was Washington, D.C. Oh, it was D.C. That's right. Yeah, it was Washington, Yeah, but she was presumptive that we were all on the same page and then and that we wanted to hear the next hour of discussion about it. Right. She thought we were going to want to jump on the bandwagon and, and, you know, talk about some social cause, which, you know, we've trained ourselves out of doing that a long time ago. But I thought it was fascinating because she was so comfortable. You know, look, it's she's that's her world, right? She came here. She's on vacation. She's used to essentially being surrounded by people that think and act just like... She's passionate about it. Fine. Exactly. But you guys get the point. So you got to be thinking strategically... And or you can silo yourself up, and you can just do people with business with people that are just like yourself. And if you're like our, uh, you know, the gal in, um, you know, San Francisco or the, this gal in Washington D.C. area, where you don't ever really have to venture out of your own, you know, silo. Know your audience. Know your audience. Know your market. Know how you're presenting to yourself. You know, if you're, but if you're in most of the country, if you're in any city in uh, Texas or really Florida or most of the country, you're gonna need to be uh, less partisan, more neutral. And just focus on, you know, and you guys get the point here. So be thinking strategically about what you're trying to attract. But also, if you're overtly trying to attract too much of one thing, that means you're going to be detracting something else. That's, That's just sure. the way it works. Hopefully yeah, that makes keeping sense. it real, right? I yeah. mean, I don't think anybody really, except us, coaches you, all of our listeners on this. And yet it's such an important thing because if you aren't doing this right, it, it sometimes isn't obvious. People just don't call you back or they don't call you in the first place. So they ghost you or they unprofile you. They break up with you as, as a friend online. You know, right. you're not necessarily, you're not going to get a list. Hey, here's the 10 things you screwed up online. Well, you, th- what Julie just said, you're not going to get the opportunity in the first place. That's what, yes, so if that's you're right. wondering why Bob gets all, you know, does more business than you. And it seems like, you know, you, it, you, you have, Bob doesn't have any natural talents or abilities more than you do. Bob in your market kicks butt. Well, it's probably because Bob has taken all these points seriously a long time ago yeah. and has been very careful to cultivate and curate, 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 curate yeah. uh, his actual, you know, how people perceive him. So do what Bob does. Yes, that's That's right. So I guess you guys all have some homework. You know, look at your profiles, Google yourselves, make your list, and then apply the questions that we gave you on today's podcast and try to upgrade everything. Some of you guys do a really great job. You know, I do look at, uh, especially our incoming coaching clients, some of them have really taken this seriously and their, their profiles are very consistent, very professional. It's easy to reach them. It's clear that you're in real estate. It's clear that you're transacting. That's great. Kudos to you. Make sure you keep them updated. For the rest of you, maybe this is something that you work on this afternoon. Maybe it's a bigger project for some. That's right, guys. A simple project to do. You can do over the weekend. Um, and yeah, I mean, have fun.
fun with it. All right. So in the meantime, listen, thank you for keeping this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. And for all of you who've done um, us a favor, frankly, and give us a lot of five-star reviews on iTunes, we certainly appreciate that. If you've not de- de- done so, please do consider doing so. It takes about, what, three minutes maybe? Just give us a five-star review and a comment why you like this po- podcast, assuming you did. <laughs> in the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.